Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. If this is your first time or first time in a long time, man, thank you so much for joining us right now. I mean, God has been doing a great thing in this region and through Better Life Church. And I don't know if you know this or not, but we are one church in two locations. We also have a, a campus right now live in Grayson that's joining us there. And Pastor Aaron's doing an amazing job with the team. And they're also having a big, great kids carnival as well. And so if you're in that area, that region, man, we love for you to be part of our Grayson campus as well. So man, it's so good to see. We, cut, we kick off a brand new series today called Experiencing God. And, and I really want in my heart's desires for you to experience and know God like you've never knew him or experienced him before. And I'm going to take you on the journey for the next eight weeks, well, actually seven after this one. And I want to invite you to be part of this journey. And I want to invite you to be part of experiencing God in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, or maybe in your finances, at work. I want you to experience God to the fullest. Jesus said, I've come that you have an abundant life, that you have a full life. We say a better life than you ever dreamed of. And so what I'm going to do over the next seven weeks, today's this introduction, the series, what I'm going to do over the next seven weeks is take you through these seven realities of experiencing God. Now, if you've been around church before, or especially in the Baptist world, you've heard of a guy named Henry Blackaby. Henry Blackaby wrote a book called Experiencing God, and God used that to change so many people's perspectives and change really the people all over the world. And that was a very big catalyst for me and my wife when we came to plant the church is that we basically said, God, show us what you're working and let us join you there. And so when God gives an invitation, you get to adjust your life to see if you're going to be part of it. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take everyone through those things that God spoke to me for the last 20 years of our lives and experiencing him. And I want to share that with you and lead you through it as well. Now, if you want to go along with this study, if you're visiting with us or you're part of us or watching online, you can pick up this book right here. This book is called Seven Realities of Experiencing God. I'm actually basically going to go through this and teach through this. This is amazing. You want to pick one of these up. Maybe you and your spouse want to go through it. You and your family. Grab a group. Man, please jump in a group. Start a group. Host a group. Uh, you could go through this after work in your dorm room, after school. Uh, grab some people on lunch break and go through this together. You can watch the message and then go through this. Um, but either way, if you're going by yourself, if you go with somewhere else, I'll always say it's always better when you, when you go with somebody else through things like this. Just pick one of these up. It's like 10 bucks. It, it cost us way more than that, but we want to make sure it's affordable to you. And I really believe this would really change. Like we have some devotion books that goes along with it. In fact, it has a devotion in it as well. So if you like devotion stuff, uh, just a little quick commercial break. Uh, again, we're not making any things off this. We want you to experience God in a great way. We bought a bunch of them. If you want to grab one, please do. If not, you can join us on Sundays. I will be teaching through it. Just got to take good notes because I'm going to walk you through it. I think it's really more impact and deeper if you go through the study on your own, but in fact, um, if you're not able to do that or don't want to do that, you just keep coming back. We're just glad that you are here. Now, I'm going to start today talking about this introduction leading to this series. They're talking about God's will for your life. Everybody wants to know what God's will is for their life. Like everybody wants to know, God, what do you want me to do? What do you, what college you want me to go to? What do you want me to major in? Who do you want me to marry? Do you want me to take that job? Should I take that promotion? Do you want me to become a teacher? Should I take the managing position? Should I move my family to the next city because there's a better job there? God, is that what you want me to do? Should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Should I pay off student loans fast? Should I do a prepayment? Everybody wants to know, God, what do you want me to do? At least if you're involved in church or you're a follower of Jesus, you probably want to say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What, what is your will for my life? And so we're going to look at that today because I honestly think that may be the wrong question to ask. Like, God, what is your will for my life? 
Now, I've said that. I've even prayed that, God, what do you want me to do? God, what is your will for my life? Do you want me to be the teacher? Do you want me to be a network administrator? Do you want me to go into computers? Do you, do you want me to go to ministry? Then it calls you to minister. Do you want me to go to that church and be a student pastor or that church to be a student pastor? Do you want me to go there and pass that church or move to Moorhead and start a church? So it never stops, no matter what your profession may be. But a lot of times, it's around really big, big uh, questions or ideas or big things that happen in your life. God, what do you want me to do? And God, what is your will for me? I, I don't know necessarily if that is the right question we should ask, right? Should I be a police officer? Should I be a pipe fitter? Should I be an electrician? Should I go to technical college, community college? Should I start my own business? Like all these things are going in your mind because really as a follower of Jesus, we want to do what he wants us to do. So you're really sincere with it, but it may be the wrong question. And I, I want to maybe shift your perspective when it comes to asking the question what God's will is for your life. Watch this little caveat, this little perspective shift. What if we change it and say, God, what is your will and how can I join you? You see the difference? God, what is your will for my life, which makes it about me? Instead of God, what is your will? God, what have you willed to be done? And then how do I adjust my life to be part of your will? You see the difference? A lot of times we want to make our plans and go, you know, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to major in this. When I graduate, I'm going to move to the city, hopefully find a girl, and I'm going to, I'm going to get married. We're going to get married. We're going to buy a house. We're going to have 2.5 kids and a dog because we don't like cats, and we're going to put everything we can into our retirement account. We're going to make it to our 65 retirement. We're going to find a beach house, and hopefully I can afford a beach house, and man, I'm going to play golf until Jesus takes me home. Now, God, could you sprinkle your blessings on my plan? Oh, don't sit there like you got a halo on. You know what I'm talking about. We all do this. We make our plans and ask God to bless our plans. God, I hope this is your will for my life, so I'm going to figure out my life, and now you bless my plans, and then I get to say that was God's will for me. See, that's what we do. And I don't think we do it mean. I don't think we do it by, you know, just by saying, I'm just going to show God, and I'm going to do what I want to do. I think we genuinely want it, but we don't know how to get his will. Like, we don't know when God tells us to do something. Well, I think it's God. It might be God. I mean, it could just be my parents because my parents always told me that's what I should do. And if I do that, then that's what I should become. And that's probably, I've been trained since I was a kid. That's what I got to do. So maybe that just is my parents are telling me. Maybe it's just my friends. Maybe it's just that bad burrito you ate. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know if that's God or not. Like, how do I know if God is speaking to me? Well, if that entices you to go, you know what? You know, I've always wondered that. How do I know what God wants me to, to do or what's God's will and how can I join him? This is a series for you. This is a series. Now, some of you, you may not be here every Sunday and that's okay because life changed and things are coming up, but you don't wanna miss at least checking it out online because we're gonna walk, it builds on itself. This is one of those series that builds on itself. So you gotta catch up. So if you miss next Sunday, get in the gym, get somewhere, put the podcast on and listen to it because you wanna keep up with where we're heading in this series. So the question I want you to shift in your mind is, is God, what is your will? And how can I join you? How can I be a part of what you are doing? So there's some things that get in the way for that to happen. And some things that get in the way for that happen, there's really only two types of life you can live. You can live a God-centered life or a self-centered life. Now, if we're believers, right, if you're giving your life to Jesus and you follow him, you would say, if we're sitting over having coffee, you say, yeah, I, I want God to be the center of my life. I want God to be the center of my marriage. I want God to be center of my family. I want God to be center of my finance. I want God to be center of my life at work. I just want God to be center. But is he? So we say it and we give it lip service, but do our actions show it? So do I want to live a God-centered life? God, what's your will? Let me join you. 
or a self-centered life. God, what's your will for my life? And I, if, since I haven't heard from you, I planned on my life and I'll sprinkle your blessings upon it. Do you see the difference? I've been there. We've all done that. In fact, we all may be doing that at this moment. So that's what this series is about, shifting our perspective to say, God, let me hear from you what you are doing, and then let me join you in your will for your will to be done. As Jesus prays, not my will, not my self-centeredness, but for your will to be done. And so those are the two things that we're going to just kind of break through, and I'm going to summarize the series, and then uh, if you want to go and pet the uh, llamas and stuff outside, you're more welcome to go do that as big kids, right? Because I know what you're thinking about. I want that snow cone. You get one, we'll have one. If you want one, you can go tell them. I said that you can have one. So when you have this God-centered, self-centered, here's what problem is. We often, this is crazy, we, we often want to know God's hidden will for the future while walking contrary to his revealed will in the present. See, we want God, show us what's gonna happen tomorrow. What do you, what's your will? But we contradict his word and what he's already asked us to do now, his revealed will. Like, come on, there's some things in the Bible God's already told us to do, you, you're not doing it. And you know that, and I know that. There's things that we don't do, right? We look at the Bible, it talks about praying for another, love one another, forgiving one another. When someone hurts you, wrong, use lies about you, slanders you, you still, you gotta forgive people, like, there's things in the Bible that you know to do already. And God's like, wait, wait, wait. You want me to reveal to you my future will for your life, right? God, should I take that job? Should I marry that person? Should I marry this? God, show me the future. When you're walking contrary to my word in the present. So if we get our life right in the present, we will be so in tune with God that we won't miss the future. If I am walking with Jesus today, I will be in the center of his will tomorrow. And so a lot of times we're living different from what we're asking God to bless and show us in the future. Well, that's gonna change this series. We're gonna learn these principles and how this works in our lives. So every one of us, no matter how old you are, God shows a purpose and wants to use you. No matter how young you are, you will understand, God, what is your revealed will for my life? So this God-centered life is this. God, I must focus on your purpose and your plans. If we're gonna have a God-centered life, we gotta focus on God's purpose and plans. We gotta begin to see everything from his perspective. God is not our servant to adjust his plan or himself to adjust for us. God's like, I'm not here to adjust to you. You're here to adjust to me. You see the difference? That's the difference between a God-centered and a self-centered. That's the difference between saying, God, what's your will? Let me join you to God, what's your will for my life? There's a difference of how we approach these. And this series, I want to unpack that for us so that we can learn and walk through it. So what does a God-centered life look like? Like, for instance, what is a God-centered life? A God-centered life looks like someone who has confidence in God, confidence in Him. Like when the times get tough and things happen in life, when the unknown happens, that we had no idea that was coming your way. You can fill in the blame. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe, you know, you got injured. Something happened. And now you're like, but you know what? I'm gonna have confidence in God that he is in control. That's a God-centered focus. That's a God-centered. Instead of blaming God, turning your back on God, pointing your finger to God, you're like, God, I have confidence in you, that your will is best and you know. So because of that, I'm gonna depend on you and your ability and your provisions for my life. I trust you, God, that you're gonna provide for me. I don't have it all figured out. And see, that's a lot of problems for a lot of us, right? We want to figure everything out, cross every T, dot every I. And the Bible says you should make plans. But there's also a faith element there that, God, I'm going to trust you. That, God, I'm going to trust and calculate that this is all about your ability and your provisions for my life. So I'm going to focus my life on you and your activity. 
So that means that everywhere you go in this world, or everywhere you go in life, you can see that God is working. That there's activity. Did you know that? No matter where you go, God is actively doing something around you. Always. And he invites you to be part of that conversation, where it's your waitress at a restaurant, the teller that's checking out, checking you out, the person you bump into on, on the streets or the side of the road. There's always someone and something that God is doing and you are consciously saying, God, maybe you're up to something here. God, be what, God, what's your activity here? God, what are you doing here? When a conversation or a situation happens, God, you're in this. You've already been dealing with this. How do you want me to join you this? If you will get that laser focus, I'm telling you what, God will use you and you will experience him like you've never experienced before in your life. But for that to happen, you gotta be humble. You can't walk around like, you know it all, you've got it all, and you've got it all figured out. That's just humble. Say, God, I, I can't do this without you, and I trust you. A God-centered life is a life of humility. God, you're in control. I can make my plans. I could do everything I can, but God, at the, at the end of the day, you direct my steps. You direct where you want me to head. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna deny myself, and I'm gonna trust you. That is a God-centered life, to deny yourself. As the Bible says in Matthew 6, 30, to seek first his kingdom. See, the problem is, and this, listen, I'm preaching to myself. The problem is we seek our kingdom first. We want our kingdom. Let me get my kingdom, my finance, my family, everything. Okay, my business, all this stuff. I got my kingdom in place. Okay, now, now God, where, where do you want me to do? Where's your kingdom? And God says, you got it backwards. If you'll first seek my kingdom, I'll take care of your kingdom. Everything that you're worried about, everything that you got your hands on. Hey, is my kid going to be okay when they go off to college? And you know, the next year my kid goes into the eighth grade. Next year my kid's going to be a senior. Next year my kid's going to graduate. God, I don't know what college. And I wouldn't let them go. And you know, I get before the Lord and say, God, when they were a baby, I dedicated them to the Lord. God, you're yours. And now, like, God, know they're mine. Because I know what's best for my baby, not you. I'm preaching to you, mama. I know you're sitting here listening. We dedicate them to the Lord. Speak of that. We got one coming up in June. If that's you and you want to be part of that. We dedicated our babies to the Lord, but now all of a sudden God wants to use them and send them or go to that college, that college, or send them to the ministry or that place. You're like, no, 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 not my baby. No, 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 not my baby. Why'd you give them to the Lord? You see, it's just so it's like, God, I trust you. I'm gonna give this to you and I'm gonna first seek your kingdom and you will take care of my kingdom. And if you'll do this and you'll seek God and change your perspective in every circumstance, you will experience him. And that requires you living a holy and godly life. See, that's God-centered. But what is self-centered? Self-centered is focused on me. Quick gratitude right now, like, or, or gratification right now. I want it and I want it now. I, I, I can't delay that. I, I need it right this second. It's all about me, how I feel. Well, I just feel it. This is what I want. I just feel that God wants me and it's all about me and this is me because I've always wanted me to me to me to do this, me. What's in that? Me. Which is all about me. And let's just face it, we're born that way. All of us are born selfish. It's in your nature. You are a selfish creature, right? You are. We're, it's all of us. We want what we want, when we want, how we want it. But see, that's a self-centered life. A God-centered life says, God, you know what? I got to say no to my flesh. I got to say no to myself and my dreams and my desires to say, what is your will and how can I adjust it and join you? And I promise you, if you will do that, the dreams and desires you want, you realize are probably not the right ones and you experience God greater than you ever would if you went this path. But we don't see that. Because we got the flesh against us, the world against us, the devil against us. People who even love you speak. They love you. They're not trying to be mean, but they'll speak this. Well, this, if you gotta protect and gotta have safety and you gotta have this and make sure you... Where's this faith element saying, God, you're in control. 
I'm not gonna put faith in myself. I'm gonna put faith in you. And I'm gonna have, have a God confidence, not this self-confidence. Self-confidence, and yes, I think you need to have self. I get that. Not a, not a negative self-view of yourself. But not say that I can do it in my own strength. Oh, I got that. I can do that. No, God can do that. God can get you there. God's gonna help me do that. You see the difference how you change your leg and say, oh, I can do that? No, with God's help, we can do that. With God's help, we can accomplish that. With God's help in our five-year goals in the next five years, we can accomplish blame. With God's help, I can get through college. But instead of saying, I got this, I can get through college. You see what I'm saying? It's a posture, it's a heart, it's a perspective. It's say, God, it's all about you, not about self. And I'm gonna seek you and not depend on my abilities because a lot of you depend on your own abilities. Did you think you're some self-made man or self-made woman? Well, I've worked hard and I'm self-made this. Who gave you breath this morning? Who woke you up this morning? Who gave you the smartest bit to do what you do? So you would need to humble yourself and yet you may be awesome at what you do and you may be brilliant and excellent and the best of the best at what you do, but you need to humble yourself and realize that you are nothing without him. So it's a perspective, it's a posture that you just gotta to change that. It's okay to be confident that, gosh, I can't believe he's allowed me to be good at what I do, but it's all because of him. Because if I didn't wake up this morning, I couldn't perform it. You see, it's a posture. That's the difference between a God-centered and a self-centered life. You know, another self-centered part looks at it from a human point of view. And let's face it, don't we all? We all look at it from a human point of view. Well, humanly speaking, you know, from a human point of view, but God's ways are greater than our ways. His, his perspective is greater than our perspective. And that's what this series is about. It's about living in a God-centered life and experience him through the journey. And I want to invite you on this journey. I mean, seriously, I really, I listen, I, I, I say, I really believe that this series would radically change your life. I believe that. With In fact, I believe if you'll go pick this up and you grab this, it's 10 bucks. If you can't, just let me know if you can. It, 10 bucks, if, grab this and go through this with us. At the end of the seven weeks when we get done, if you can say, my life is not any better or different from going through this book, I'll personally pay you back your $10 for your book. That's how confident that I know that if you would just trust God, get in position to hear from God, and we're gonna talk about how to hear God speak to us. If you ever wondering how I know if it's God's voice? Is that God's voice or my parents' voice? Is that the devil? Is that the flesh? Is that the world? How do I know the difference if God's speaking to me? I'm gonna help you. In fact, that could be a seven-week series, but I'm gonna help you walk through how to hear the voice of God in life going, that's God speaking. That's when I know when God wants me to do something. I'm gonna walk you through that. And so I'm gonna give you just a quick uh, glimpse of where we're heading for the next seven weeks. And I'm gonna give you just a sample of these seven realities. So if you hear this and go, man, I need to be part of this. I need to go on this journey because I really think, listen, it's just what? It's seven weeks. It's seven Sundays. If you're here for an hour, it's seven hours over the next seven weeks of your time. And you can, if you pick up the book, you add another 20 minutes or an hour that week to do something with us. So I'm telling you, it's worth it to get, to, to do everything you can to go, God, is this your will, and how can I adjust my life to be part of it? And so when you look at this, there's seven realities to experience God's, and I'm gonna just briefly just give you these, and then I'm gonna share a couple reminders for you, and then if you wanna go pet the, uh, the animals, you can. All right, and so I, I say that because I think I really wanna go do that, so I'm just trying to hurry up and, and be part of that. Uh, so pray for me. So the first one is this. God is always at work around you. He's always at work around you. Like, God is always at work around you. So over this series, I want to share with you that God is always at work around you. He's always work. God didn't create the earth and the universe and the planet and, and all the laws that govern it and just stand back and go, okay, go do your thing. He didn't form you and fashion you in your mother's womb and then created you and gave life to you and breath to you and then say, hey, you're on your own. I'll see you at the finish line. 
He's actively always working around you. And this series is gonna help you start to see God is in that. God is there. God is working in that situation. And now you're gonna be able to look for this and see this and go, wow, I can join him. Whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in a locker room, you can hear what people say and know that God is working their life. Here's the problem. We just don't listen because we're all consumed with self. This series is gonna help you to be alert to go, man, God is up to something. Let's go check this out. Maybe he wants to use me, my talents, my gifts, uh, my generosity, and maybe something about that. God wants to use me to be part of what he's doing here. And guess what happens? You will step in and God will show out how he wanted to use you and you will experience him like you've never experienced him before. And that's the whole point of the series. It's for you to experience God. So God is always at work around you. The second thing is God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God is constantly pursuing you. See, some of you feel like, like, God's mad at me, man. God's, shoot, man, bro, you don't know what I did last week, man. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know my situation. Some of you right now, you think by coming here and getting in a crowded room, you kind of like hide a little bit from God. Like, okay, God, get a little brownie points. I showed up for church. I even came to the early service. You know what I'm saying, God? So come on, surely to goodness. Like, I get some extra credit, right? Because really, at the end of the day, you think maybe if you show up that maybe God won't be so mad at you because you checked off something good, Right? Here's the reality, God's always pursuing you. Whether you're here or not here, God's pursuing you. Why? Because he loves you. And without that love relationship, everything else is meaningless. So we're gonna talk about that God is always pursuing a love relationship with you. Even when you blow it, how does that make you feel? That he forgives you and loves you and pursues you because he wants to use you. God wants to use his people to carry out his mission. God doesn't need us. I mean, literally, he can send down thousands upon thousands of angels to do his bidding. He can send thousands of angels to show up right now, stand in any place you want to stand, all over the world, in the middle of the UN, the country, the capital, all over the world, and stand up his guard and his angels says, whoa, this is my son who I am well pleased. And the world will bow down to it. But God and his sovereignty chooses Foolish, sinful things like you and me to change the world. How does that make you feel that God wants to use you to change the world? People call me, I haven't talked to in a while, say, hey, what's up, Pastor Daniel? What's up, Vinny? What's going on? How you doing? I always say this, man trying to change the world one person at a time. All the time I say that. Because I want to believe that God wants me to be a world changer. I want to raise my kids up to believe that God wants you to be a world changer. Change the world, you can do it. That's why he left you here. Imagine the thousands of plus people who call Better Life Church their home church would wake up every day going, God wants me to be a world changer and change my workplace, change my school, change my city, change the region. Could you imagine? Think about it. Change your family tree. God may use you to be the first generation of Christians and believers to change your family tree. It's not about you. Could you imagine if we did that? When we understand that he pursues a loving relationship with us that's real and personal, that will change your perspective. The third thought, the thing we'll talk about, is that God invites you to become involved with his work. God's always gonna give you an invitation. Some people say, I just wanna be used by God. I just wanna be used by God. Okay, he'll use you. And I'm gonna talk to you how he invites you into his work. The fourth thing says that God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible and prayer and circumstances and the church to reveal his purpose and his will. We're gonna talk about how to hear God's voice. How do I know God's inviting me to do that? 
I don't know that's what God wants me to move and take that job and be part of that plan in that city or that church. We're gonna listen to God and talk about God. How do we, how do, we do that? And then we'll talk about God's invitation for you to work with him as always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Listen to me. Every time God speaks, you will have a choice. Yes or no. Obey or disobey. And a lot of times we behind behind disobedience by saying, I just don't know if that's God or not. I mean, like God just told me to go over and, and, and invite my, my, my coworker in the cubicle. Uh, God just told me to go over and invite her to the church. I just don't know if God's telling me to do that. That's God. The devil ain't the devil. You see what I'm saying? Or man, I, I, God just told me to go buy that person's meal. And I just, that's awkward. That's embarrassing. I can't go buy their food. I don't even know if I even got enough money to go pay for their meal. Like I surely like somebody else will get it. That's God. The devil will never tempt you to be generous. You see what I'm saying? So we got to understand every time God calls you to do something, there's going to be a crisis of belief. Is that God or is that not God? Should I obey or should I disobey? Sometimes you will know it's God. Whew. I don't know God about this one. But listen to me. When he speaks, he will speak with so much grand and so, so craziness in a way that it's going to cause you, it's going to have to act by faith. I just don't know, that's just too large of a task. I don't know if God's calling me to do it. It's probably God. Because if you could do it in your own strength, it's probably not him. It will always be an action of faith. Daniel, I want you, after you just moved into this house, you just had your second kid to uproot your family and move to Moorhead. Wait, what? Christ is a belief. You gonna believe me and trust me or you gonna step up by faith? We have no people, we have no money, we have no building, we have no church. We are the, listen, I mean, there was like four members, me, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That was it. That was all part of the church in the beginning. Like, what do you, what do you mean? You're going to come to a crisis of belief, and you're going to have to make a decision. And if you'll trust by faith, you will experience God like you've never experienced him before in your life. See, this is how God moved in our own life to get to where you're here, to where you're sitting today. You are sitting right here or watching a lot today because we came to a crisis of belief, and we had to make a decision based on what I'm teaching you right now. What are we going to do? And thousands and thousands of people have experienced God because of people's obedience. Imagine how thousands and thousands more of thousands of people's obedience. Whoa. It can change the region. You could change your family tree. And then we'll talk about that you gotta make adjustments in your life when God asks you to join. You gotta make adjustments. And then when you do that, the seventh one, you will come to know God and experience him and obey him and his accomplishments through your life. That's where we're heading for the next seven weeks. If that intrigues you, and you want to be part of it, listen, don't miss a Sunday. And if you do, catch us online. If it doesn't, we'll see you back in our family vacation series coming in June. It's going to be awesome. Bring your kids out. We're going to have a great time. But I'm telling you, I believe that you will experience God. So take the journey with us. But I want to remind you quickly of something about God's nature. There's things about God that we don't know. There's something about God. There's things about God that he has not revealed to us. We have God's revealed will. It's in his Bible. God has revealed his will from Genesis to Revelation, his purpose and plan to redeem a lost, dying world. We've got God's revealed will here that he wants us to know. But there's some things that we'll just never know. I don't know why your grandma passed away. I don't know. I don't know why that hardship came your way. I don't know. I don't know why God allowed the casualties or the fallout or the situation or the hurt, the pain that you go through. But what I do know, the Bible teaches, it won't be wasted, that God will use that somehow. I just don't know. There's some things that we just don't know. But there's some things that we can know. 
And so if you're going to take this journey with us, I'm going to share real quickly something about a reminder about God's nature of who he is that some of you right now are going, man, what if God asked me to do something like cray cray? Like God going to ask me, like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to hear what God has to say. Like literally, I've had people say that. I don't, I, don't, I don't wanna know what God wants me to do here because you already know what he wants you to do and you know it's gonna be either painful to walk through it or you're scared to do that or man, that's gonna be a big step of faith for God to do that. I just don't know if I'm ready to do that. Let me tell you something about God real quick to remind you of his nature of who he is. This is actually a sermon. If you're ready to get started, say let's go. <laughs> okay, I got six minutes. All right, listen. Here's what I want you to know real quick. Here's the nature of God, his character. God is love. And his will will always be best. Please hear that. No matter what God will is and ask you to be part of it, here's what we know. He loves you and his will will always be the best for you. Always. Greater than anything that you can plan, anything that you can do. 1 John 4, 16 says this. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in the love live in God and God lives in them. God will always express himself towards you with perfect love. Do you hear me? As children of God, he will always express himself towards you with perfect love. He will never give you his second best or his leftovers because he can't. He will always give you his very, very best, always. Even when he disciplines us, he disciplines us out of love, the Bible tells us. He will always give us our best. He will always give you a command that's your best. It will always be for your good, always. It always will be for his purpose and his purpose to give you a full life, a better life than you ever dream of. And it's always to guide you to the very best life he can give you. So watch it, give you an example. If you're walking across a, a landfill, a field that has landmines all in it and you have no idea where they are, are you gonna to try to attempt that to go on your own? Or what if somebody comes and says, listen, I watched this and I've got the plan, I've got the sheet, I know where every, I know where every land mine is. And so if you'll follow me through this maze, you'll be okay. You would say, let's go. I'm gonna trust you. You've got the map. <laughs> God's given us a map. He goes before us, behind us. He's all around us. We just sung it. He says, if you'll follow me, I'm not going to throw you in a landmine. I'm not, listen, my will for, 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 your, for you and your life will always be best because I'm always going to come at it with perfect love towards you. That's how much I love you. I want you to get that. Here's the second thing you know about God is this. God is all-knowing and his directions are always right. You see, let me tell you something about God. He knows tomorrow. He knows five years from now. He knows the day you will take your very last breath. He's all-knowing, and his directions are always right. I love what 1 John 3, 20 says. God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Well, I just don't feel like, man, maybe I just don't feel, I just don't feel. How many times I just don't feel, I don't know if I, I just don't feel like it's the right thing. I don't know if I feel like it's the right decision. I just don't feel, I don't feel, feel. doesn't matter. Our feelings will lie to us. God knows everything. He possesses all knowledge of the past, the present, and the future. That means his direction will always be right. And everything he does in your life, he's already factored in your future. See, don't miss that. Everything that's happening right now in your life, he's already factored in the future for you to take the steps today. 
And so we got to trust him. Like, do you really believe he knows all things? And if you do, then our attitude in our life should show it because his love is so perfect. Like, I mean, God loves you perfectly that you can always trust him and obey him completely. That's how much he loves you. And last and third thing about God's character is this. He's all powerful. God is all powerful, which means this. He can. See the word can? Enable you. Can is a choice. If you join him in his will, he will enable you to accomplish his will. God will never call you to something that he can equip you and enable you to do it. If God asks you to sell your house, move to a city, plant a church, I have no building, I have no money, I don't know what you're talking about. I've equipped you, I've enabled you. If you'll just do this, you will experience me in a way you've never experienced me before. And we said, yes, Lord. Now for you, it may not be a church he tells you to start a plant, I don't know. But the step of faith in your life, when God calls you to do that, You'll come to a crisis of belief. And if you'll take that step of faith, you will experience God like you've never experienced him before. I love what Isaiah 46, 10 says. It says, only I can tell the future before it even happens. This is God speaking. Listen to what he says. Everything I plan will come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. I have said what I would do and I will do it. What I've set in motion, no man or the devil cannot undo. That's how sovereign God is. God said, remember my boy Noah? Yeah, I enabled him to build an ark and he ain't even seen rain. Remember Gideon? We went from 25,000 down to 300 people to destroy the people in front of them. Remember Paul? I enabled him and equipped him to take the gospel to all the Gentiles. And because Paul took it to the Gentiles, you get to hear it today. So whoever, whatever God calls you to, he will equip you and enable you to do his will. So remember, whatever direction God sends you, he loves you. And he knows all things and what's best for your life. And is all powerful, which means he will always equip you and enable you and empower you to do whatever he calls you or whatever he joins you to be a part of what he is doing. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. I, I really invite you to be part of this journey because you're gonna experience God like you've never experienced him. And I want that for you and your family. to look back and say, you've experienced God in an unbelievable way that changes your entire family tree. You know, the Bible says in John three seventeen, it says, and this is the way we have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Listen, if you want to know God's will, you got to know God. And maybe you're here watching online or maybe you're here at one of our campuses. And the reality is what God is inviting you to is a love relationship with him. What, a, what an unbelievable day to give your life to Jesus to start this journey. To say, Jesus, I'm gonna go with this walk with you and I'm gonna go on this journey with you. 
And if that's you, right where you sit, no matter if you're watching online, Grayson Campus, the Moorhead Campus, doesn't matter. Right where you are, you can give your life to Jesus as He is inviting you. And you know if He is or not. You sense it. Because you're questioning, going, is this thing for real? Is this God stuff for real? I mean, I've tried this before, but man, this didn't work out. I mean, I believe, but I, I mean, I still mess up. See, that's the enemy doing his very best to keep you from experiencing Jesus. And if that's you, right what you said, you can cry out to God and say, God, I believe. I believe you sent your son for me. He died for me and he got up out of the grave for me. And today, as best as I know how, I repent of my sin and I put my faith and trust in you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. If that is you and you've prayed that with me, listen, let us know. We wanna get you some resources in your hand. We wanna make sure that you're going on this journey with us. Host is gonna come out just in a moment at all of our locations and they're gonna share with you a, a, our BLC text line. Text the word SAVE to it and we've got some resources coming your way so we can pray for you. And I would say, let us know so you can, we can welcome you to be part of this journey and to this faith family as we all follow Jesus to experience abundant life, a full life, a better life than we've ever dreamed of. Father, thank you so much for saving people this morning. We're just gonna trust that you're working in people's lives. God, I pray over the next seven weeks, Lord, that we will just experience you like we've never experienced you before. That God, you're gonna show up and show out in our lives and you're gonna invite us and adjust our lives and we're gonna see you working no matter where we go. And, and God, step in and be used by you in a great way to make this world a better place. God, I can't wait to see what you're gonna do. For it's your name we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen.